0: Hi, and welcome to Episode 5 of the Connext Podcast. I am Nihir Patel, and I will be speaking with Dr. Hamed Saroush, the Senior Security Research Engineer here at RTI. Hamed's expertise spans in the areas including security, privacy, forensics, networking, and critical large-scale distributed systems. He currently co-chairs the Security Working Group for the Industrial Internet Consortium, or IIC and he has also co-authored the IIC's Industrial Internet Security Framework, which provides guidance on assessing and implementing security architectures. Today, we will be talking about security for industrial Internet of Things systems through the lens of the Industrial Internet Consortium. We will hear about some of the work Hamed is doing and touch on what the market is doing to try to solve the problem of security for IIoT systems. We will dig into the set of publications generated by the IIC and how IIoT companies can leverage them to assess their security needs and implement their IIoT systems with security in mind. Then we will discuss how the IIC's efforts with security relate to DDS and RTI. And finally, we will tie it all together with a medical example focusing on patient monitoring. This episode will shed some light on the often enigmatic concepts of security and provide you with the tools to address security needs in your IIoT system. We hope you find this episode enlightening. Hey, Hamed. Welcome. How are you doing? Hi. Thanks for the introduction. Glad to be here. Thank you, and thanks for taking the time to speak with me. I could go on and on about a lot of the things that you could do and that you have done for RTI, Uh, but I wanted to get it uh, directly from you. What kind of things are you working on right now? What kind of things here at RTI and with security in general?
1: Yeah, sure. Thanks for the kind words, by the way. Um, So I come from a security-slash-networking background. Currently, I'm working on researching security for large-scale distributed systems, which are now basically turning into massive uh, cyber-physical systems, which are also dubbed as uh, Internet of Things. My focus at RTI has been mostly on the industrial side of the Internet of Things, so industrial Internet of Things, where you have systems that are uh, big, uh, old legacy systems, mostly legacy systems that are becoming more and more connected to the Internet for a variety of reasons which we we could get into. And that opens up a huge surface for uh, security issues and potential attacks. So understanding data space and also coming up with solutions that could address or mitigate uh, that sort of security issues is my focus.
0: Okay, great. And so we're looking at these legacy systems and we have to rethink about security for these systems. So what kind of efforts are there Uh, in the marketplace or in general that uh, address these concerns?
1: Yeah, I think the industry has been um, pretty much aware of the uh, potential issues. There are actually known examples of attacks that have already happened on critical infrastructure uh, within the energy uh, sector, for example. And the industry has been aware of that. There are consortia uh, and standardization bodies that have uh, tried to come up with, you know, approaches to understand the space a little bit better RTI is active in quite a number of these standardizations and consortia efforts, and a prominent one is the Industrial Internet Consortium, which uh, is formed by multiple groups and multiple you know, working groups, and securities has been one of the major groups um, at the IIC from the start. So we could go uh, deeper into what kind of guidance IIC, as an example, Provides.
0: Right, and they had recently uh, published a set of frameworks that guide companies to really think about security and connectivity in general. And as I understand, you actually co-authored one of these publications. Um,
1: yes, I actually I co-chair the uh, security working group at the IA Industrial Internet Consortium, the IIC, and also was one of the authors of the Industrial Internet Security Framework, which is a document a guidance document that IIC published a few months ago. There are other groups at the IIC that focus on connectivity, on testbeds, because we just don't want to be publishing uh, documents. We want to apply those guidance uh, in the real world and testing and validating them. That's actually one of the differentiators of IIC from other consortia, as I could tell. And so far, there have been, I think, two versions of the Industrial Internet Reference Architecture that have been published that describes generally how IIoT systems should be architected or what kind of uh, architectural considerations should be thought of about them. Uh, then there's the IISF, the Industrial Internet Security Framework, uh, which talks about uh, general concerns, security issues in the IOT, which we'll get uh, into in a bit. And uh, recently, there has also been a new, another document called the IICF, which is the Industrial Internet Connectivity Framework, and that maps out approaches for uh, providing connectivity and issues there.
0: When we talk about you know, implementing or following some frameworks, there's more than just an implementation aspect, right? So does the IIRA uh, talk about more than just you know, how you should go about implementing or thinking about the design of, uh, the technical design of your uh, of your system? Yeah, actually that's a
1: great question and I think an important question because um, oftentimes within security or architectural documents, they only think about um, you know technical issues and the technical uh, implementation of you know certain design. The problem is I think with IoT systems, the scope is so massive that different aspects of them should be considered in any kind of guidance. So the IIRA and the other documents as well, like the IASF, also, take into account the business viewpoints or multiple viewpoints, like in terms of functional implementation or the business viewpoints that different people with different expertise who are involved in building these systems could uh, utilize. So in that sense, uh, the guidance is not just a technical or architectural guidance, although it includes those aspects. It's also um, uh, things about the utility, what business people should know and how they could uh, basically approach or think about these systems, or in terms of security, for example, how risks should be communicated to them.
0: So these documents aren't just for technical people, they're for the business people, managers, folks making financial decisions. Absolutely. This is a very comprehensive, it sounds like, uh, approach to thinking about moving from legacy systems to the future, which is IoT and IIoT.
1: Yeah, that is that. That is correct.
0: I do want to hear more about uh, the IISF, so please. Uh, sure. Know.
1: From a general perspective, the IISF starts off by talking about what distinguishes IIoT from the um, normal IoT, uh, like the consumer IoT, that you hear more about these days. Uh, Distinguishing factors of the IOT then point to different threats and different risks uh, associated with these systems, which are different from traditional distributed systems or, quote-unquote, closed systems. Uh, From then, risk framework and a space of understanding risks and threats for these systems is laid out. Another topic that is talked about in the ISF is the complex trust relations or permeation of notions of trust uh, between different contributors to the value chain of the IIoT, like you have, for example, component builders, like, let's say, chip manufacturers, you have system integrators, and you have owners and operators. And each of these groups have different perspectives, views, and associated risks. And they trust and rely on each other for, you know, providing services or getting services to and from each other. Um, So that basically creates a complexity that the IISF gets into in its earlier chapters. In the functional and Im- implementation viewpoints. We take on basically the question about what are the architectural considerations that uh, should be thought of when you uh, design new systems and also when you want to bridge or interface uh, with legacy systems. Because as we know, industrial systems are designed to work for a long time. I think the average lifetime of, of a device or component of an industrial system is about 19 to 20 years. So there's always be a legacy problem with the rapid change that we have in the technology. So those architectural questions form the second part of the IISF.
0: It seems like when we go out and we talk about security, uh, everyone refers to it almost holistically, like I need security for my device or I need security for my system. And often they're looking for a silver bullet. And when they come to the IISF, they read through it, they'll understand better how to go about Assessing their security needs and understand that there is no silver bullet, but rather an approach that could suit their needs.
1: Exactly, and that's this is again a great, great point. Uh, a lot of people and kind of an unfortunate mindset that uh, security by non-security people is often uh, they like to think about it as a check, uh, like they want to tick a box that says, "Okay, I'm secure." Uh, With the complexity that you have in the IoT systems, I think it's more important that we understand that that is not true, that's just way too simplifying. And instead of that, we need to think about the risks, construct threat models that associate or uh, relate to those risks, and then find security solutions that minimize those risks. And that way you would end up having a, a system that is more mature in terms of its security posture. So the IISF actually talks about how you should be thinking about risks, because the risks in uh, industrial systems are going to be different from the IT systems, for example, because there are safety concerns and human lives could be at stake, and also there are regulatory concerns, for example. And that lays down the foundation for what kind of security mechanisms you should apply that best suit uh, in implementing mechanisms that would address the threats coming from those risks.
0: Great, thanks, yeah. and I know we can talk about different aspects of security in depth in, over several of these podcasts, but maybe this is a good opportunity for us to turn and, and focus on security for the connectivity portion of a networked system or a distributed system, especially since we are here at, at RTI. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to share with the audience how the IISF relates to data distribution services, security. Uh, what's the connection there? Yeah, sure.
1: I need to step back a little bit uh, and then come back to that question. Um, When talking about functional and implementation viewpoints in the IASF, which targets mostly uh, system designers and architects and maybe security engineers, let's say, um, the IASF describes three broad categories. There are security at the endpoints. This is where, for example, uh, security at your circuit level or chips or protecting devices in different ways or protecting, you know, secret keys or the software running on the hosts that uh, run different applications would come in. So we have a whole chapter on that. And then there is security of communication between these endpoints. And then there is this other aspect of security that relates to configuration and management of various operations, including security operations, configuration, management, and monitoring. Each of these aspects, by the way, have their own chapter, separate chapters at the IASF. And Chapter 9 in the IASF particularly uh, relates to the question you asked, and that is about what are the different ways of protecting communications within the IIoT systems. Now, that protection, first and foremost, relates and depends upon protecting endpoints and the other activities related to monitoring and configuration and management. But assuming that you have that, you would need uh, certain features in your communication protocols or your communication infrastructure that help you mitigate certain security threats. So broadly speaking, there are two different aspects that within that secure communication that uh, we target. One is communication-based that utilizes more kind of newer protocols that utilize cryptographic operations, for example, for ensuring about message authenticity or, you know, confidentiality or protocols that are resilient and provide a better uh, availability of communications. And the other approach is for basically Protecting the infrastructure so that access control policies are enforced in the best way. For example, talking about proper ways of doing segmentation and isolation of networks. Traditionally, the OT operational technology systems, which were not connected to the IT to make the IOT, focus on the second part. Like mostly, if you talk to OT folks, uh, network segmentation and uh, isolation uh, is a huge thing for them but with these networks like for example they wanted to make sure that control systems and safety critical networks are like the messages are going over separate networks entirely so that if you have uh, one network is compromised that, that doesn't impact you know the other with the marrying of IT and OT this would open up attack surfaces which requires a combination of approaches that deal with both segmentation, isolation and you know proper uh, proper isolation of systems as well as utilizing the best and greatest cryptographic based protocols that uh, that exist today. So one of those protocols that we care about uh, a lot at RTI is data distribution service. It is an IIoT protocol. Apart from security, it has a lot of other uh, features that make it a suitable core connectivity protocol for the industrial internet. And so its security features are also an add-on to why it should be considered.
0: It sounds like uh, data distribution services is a great way to manage your connectivity, manage your your messaging. Maybe it'd be worthwhile sharing what DDS security specification specifically spells out, because DDS is is actually more than just the messaging protocol. It's a set of specifications and standards, uh, quality of service, and basically a messaging framework for your IIoT uh, systems, right? And, yes. and with that, the, it's really important for us to consider the security aspects and the fact that you need to be able to message reliably with performance without sacrificing that security. So you need those trade-offs. So. Yep. So, what does DDS security offer us on top of just the message publishing that we might do with uh, the standard DDS?
1: Um, yeah, that's a uh, good question. So, first of all, for the audience, uh, if they want to know what kind of requirements they need to consider for a proper messaging protocol for their I- IoT applications, they can look at the IIC uh, connectivity framework. The authors have laid down you know, requirements that certain core protocols have. Uh, or should have for uh, being a proper candidate for the IOT messaging. In terms of looking at the existing protocols that meet those requirements, CDS is one of the protocols that meets those requirements, and security is indeed one one important aspect of it. So, as you know, the data distribution service is kind of a publish-subscribe protocol that uh, doesn't rely on the existence of brokers. So in that sense, it is uh, more resilient. There are no central points of failures. The DDS security specification specifies how these different flows that happen between these loosely coupled publishers and subscribers of data, how those flows should be protected. Perhaps the best way to think about it is what kind of requirements should there be? So first of all, the security solution of DDS, which DDS security meets, uh, shouldn't basically violate the niceties of DDS. Like for example, introduction of uh, newer central points of failures is not a desirable factor, and DDS security meets that in addition to that it shouldn't violate anything related to interoperability or scalability or kind of uh, flexibility of utilizing different technologies and DDS security is architecturally designed in a way uh, that is extensible, it supports a pluggable architecture that allows for you know these sort of uh, features to exist okay so
0: really extending on the DDS core values decentralized systems, flexibility, extensibility, and, and customization by the implementer of that framework. Exactly. Maybe we can take this and make it a little bit more tangible. I know you've worked on some medical device demos and in your research. Mm-hmm. Could you tell us a little bit about that and maybe see how some of the capabilities of security apply there? Yeah, sure. Uh, that's actually a good
1: example. Of the- um, project that we at RTI Research have been working on um, with uh, Mass General Hospital and uh, Harvard University Summit Center um, there and it's really about protecting a an architecture of medical uh, medical internet of things when i talk about medical internet of things there may be i mean the audience may think about different uh sort of applications like you know f- anything ranging from fitbits to you know home healthcare um type of uh, use cases the specific use case that we target is you know more on the patient side bed side kind of a network where you have multiple devices around the patient, maybe in an operating room or maybe in an uh, emergency room or in the uh, or as the patient is being transferred from one to the other. There are always these sort of devices attached to the patient that caregivers use for uh, monitoring the patient or understanding the status or prescribing drugs or infusing drugs and things like that. Before I talk about the security aspect, it's perhaps useful to talk about the real value here of why uh, sort of an IoT system would make sense for this sort of a setting. Um, So one of the biggest problems that exists today for medical uh, caregiving or medical practice is preventable medical errors. There are stats that show that it's the third cause of um, death after, you know, um, cancer and heart disease. A big problem there in terms of preventable medical errors Is the alarm fatigue problem. The fact that these devices that are attached to the patient do not communicate results in, I mean, today they do not communicate a lot. Um, So that results into a problem of, you know, uncoordinated alarms going on and off. Um, The nurses or caregivers, as a result of that, have become insensitive to an alarm going off, and that could result into. Uh, issues. So if you look, talk with medical practitioners, there are actually conferences and a huge <laughs> number of discussions about alarm fatigue and how to address it. So one of the ways is to have these multiple devices uh, that are connected, coordinate with each other in a way that uh, if an alarm is raised, it's raised in, the, in a semantically meaningful context, uh, reducing the number of false alarms. And uh, one of uh, an interesting initiative that has this as one use case, uh, and there are multi- other use cases uh, which we don't need to get into now, is the Integrated Clinical Environments, or ICE uh, initiative, uh, led by the MDPNP program at Harvard. So uh, they actually have defined a standard that uh, is about how different devices could be basically communicating with each other. It's sort of a plug and play type of a system. And uh, they have uh, created a prototype that uses DDS underneath. So in our research project, we looked into what kind of security issues may be there, whether an attacker could exploit the fact that these devices are communicating with each other to, let's say, infuse um, drug uh, to a patient uh, in order to cause harm uh, to the patient, for example. And we found that there is indeed a way to do that with the current design of the ICE standard But DDS security, utilizing DDS security, would mitigate those sort of problems to a great extent.
0: Okay, so like these uh, commands, even if it's an automated command that goes to, let's say, some sort of insulin pump or whatever, medical uh, uh, medicine pump, Mm -hmm. you might be able to force authentication on that particular command so you know that it's coming from another trusted device, whether it came from another vendor altogether or it's the same vendor as, as the pump. You can trust that command,
1: yes, that is exactly one uh, use case okay. now the mm-hmm. uh, more security aware people among the audience may ask okay that that is achievable with you know normal traditional security protocols mm-hmm. like you know TLS or DTLS right. uh, which have been uh, in use for um, for a long time sure uh, well, uh, that is true that certain number of attacks could be mitigated by using those sort of transports but there are a few issues there with those protocols that DDS security um, doesn't have, and that makes it maybe a more attractive solution. Uh, first is that uh, with DDS security, in addition to all the you know um, message authentication, confidentiality, um, availability aspects that you get, you also get granular access control over the data stream. So you could basically fine tune which parts of the message or which type of messages or which part of each type of the message you would like to protect and how. So to give you a concrete example, maybe encrypting the value of a temperature in a room that coming out of a temperature sensor is not so critical because, uh, after all, temperature can be felt by many people in the room. Just
0: walk in with a thermostat, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: So doing that encryption may not matter. It's actually extra work by the temperature sensor. But what matters more, perhaps, is uh, the authenticity of the temperature reading. You don't want an attacker to be messing around with the value of the temperature causing a, you know, an alarm. So using DDS security, you could basically fine-tune what sort of protection you'd like, whether you want to encrypt and Mac, for example, or only Mac, Mac is standing for message authentication codes, or even which part of a message, which part of the data structure that relates to, to the temperature or maybe a combined reading coming off of, off of a sensor okay. you would want to protect. And this granular protection is something you wouldn't get with protocols like TLS or DTLS because to use an analogy, they are really protecting a pipe. One size fits all. There is no granularity. So that sort of a trading off, security and performance, based on risk, is arguably absent there.
0: Okay. So again, right, extending that that concept of flexibility, right, and and even with with something like TLS, you would uh, need some sort of broker if you really want to leverage access control from you know to protect against inside attackers. So it sounds like we're really extending that core DDS concept there.
1: Yes, that is true. So there are also notions of governance. Um, So what DDS security has is it allows you to define specific consistent policies for governing a DDS system and how you should interface with the existing legacy systems whether to ignore them, whether to in- interoperate with them uh, to some extent, um, and so on and so forth. So you can define these governance policies and, you know, permissions uh, for each of the participants in a very granular way, okay. which is also nice.
0: Thank you. And and as we start to wrap this up, I want to actually tie this back to what we were talking about at the beginning with the IIC and the IISF. So if we take our medical device, our, our clinical uh, environment, uh, we have multiple... Uh, machines from multiple vendors. And it sounds like the IIC, IIRA, the IISF, and the IICF can all help these several vendors uh, coalesce around a, a particular framework so that they can maintain interoperability, they can apply security, and really come up with a solution that is suitable for this new IIoT industry or marketplace that is evolving quite rapidly. Can you talk a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, exactly. Actually, one of the challenges that we have uh, in realizing IIoT is it's some sort of a language barrier. Like there are OT folks and IT folks uh, and, you know, architects and business folks, uh, they all use different language and different jargon, and they have different viewpoints about the same issue, like they're basically touching up different parts of the elephant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the uh, usefulness of frameworks like the IISF or the IIRA or the IICF is to basically create this shared wisdom and shared vision that would help people to use the same language to talk about these things and that is hugely important when you talk about interoperability for security it's also important that we make sure everybody has the same understanding of the risks and communicating the risks from you know a nerdy engineer to the uh, high level executive uh, who may not understand security very well is a challenging task and ultimately for security that matters a lot because you have expertise on one end and you know uh, the power to allocate resources on the other, and without a shared understanding, um, that becomes very difficult and I think it's uh, very critical to have frameworks like this, which form a foundation of you know standardization efforts that will come after them.
0: Thanks, Ahmed. Really trying to bring everyone together around the table, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So that's about all the time we have for today. But before we leave, are there any last words about maybe where folks can go to get some of this information?
1: Yeah, sure. The documents uh, from the IIC are public. um, So um, I think the best way would be to just Google Industrial Internet uh, Security Framework or Industrial Internet Connectivity Framework or the Industrial Internet Reference Architecture uh, document. Uh, You can find them on the IIC's website dot 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 ii consortium dot org I think <laughs> um, and um, so in terms of DDS also the DDS security specification is also a public. Um, RTI um, is also uh, going to have a product based on that that people could also try. If you want to take a look at the specification, you can uh, look into uh, the DDS website on uh, object management group. So You can just uh, find that. And we're always looking for feedback both in terms of the uh, IISF or any of IEC's documents as well as the
0: DDS security specifications. Great. Thanks, Hamid.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Connects podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions or suggestions for future interviews, please be sure to hit us up over on social media. And you can also reach out to us at podcast at rti.com. Thanks and have a great day.